Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited, now leaving for a grand circle tour of the Magic Kingdom. Tonight, we're going to share a wonderful dream come true together. In 1955, an amazing man named Walt Disney dreamt of a magic kingdom. Happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Everybody, welcome to another episode of All Aboard the Disneyland Railroad. We are a Disneyland Resort-based podcast, as we say every episode. Uh, we hop onto the railroad, and it takes us to a different Disneyland place. Somewhere in the Disneyland Resort. I, should, I guess I should have just said that. I am Jungle Cruiser, sitting next to my whatever current theme of Space Mountain is. <laughs> Space Mountaineer. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> I don't know why I made me laugh just now. I'm go- it's going good. It's true though, because I mean, we don't. <laughs> no one. I I don't know. Whatever version of it it is, that's your current name. So what? Yeah, your current name is the Space Mountaineer. Then right now? Sure. I don't know. It's we'll been, go with uh, that. It's been a while since I've been to the park. Um, so, shout outs at the top of every episode, just like every episode. Um, from Instagram, from our Little Mermaid post, we have. The punster writes, Happy Canada Day from the snow country. Um, so, yeah. Happy Canada Day to you, sir. Belated? Belate, belated Canada <laughs> Day. Sorry. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> um, and with that post, I, I did an uh, intro with Happy Independence Day, you know, for the U.S. And TZNQID writes, Happy 4th with some fireworks emojis. Nice. Emojis. Okay. Um... Uh, Baby Got Beck, our guest, she writes, Under the Sea is a lot better than this AZ Heat. Great times recording with you guys. Can't wait to do it again sometimes. Happy 4th of July. That's true. Uh, Under the, I mean, the heat, it's pretty hot. I mean, it's probably national news to how hot it is here. But, uh, you know, we deal with it. Main Street Mouseketeer writes, Can't wait to give it a listen. Happy 4th to you guys. Um, Happy 4th back to you as well. Vince de Santiago. I read that wrong probably, but uh, I apologize. Vince de Santiago. Too dope. That's what he writes. Uh, Disney Sherlock Girl 94 writes, Great episode. Love listening every episode. Going to the parks in a few weeks with my dad, and I can't wait to uh, go on it again. That's referring to the Little Mermaid's undersea adventure nice um dang breezy bake oven she called us out on the minster limpet thing oh great uh even though we 
literally looked it up right after we stopped recording that night. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then I, yeah, I knew Don Knotts, whatever. But uh, Breezy by Gotham Royce, come on, guys. The Incredible Mr. Limpet, starring in the uh, starring the always funny Don Knotts. He's actually an Easter egg in the Little Mermaid film. So I think the question is, did a Warner Brothers character sneak into a Disney film? Another fun fact is that the ultimate hidden Mickey... Uh, of the Little Mermaid uh, ride is that Mickey, Donald, and Goofy also appear um, in the Little Mermaid film. I didn't know that either. Um, anyways, there's my novel for the week. <laughs> she acknowledged it. Nice. <laughs> uh, fun episode and great guest. Thanks, JC and Space. See, she just wrote Space. Whatever version of Space. Let's call you Space. We'll just do that. Um, and she also writes, Haha, just realized I wrote Litter, Litter Mermaid instead of Little Mermaid. Oops. And I did read that, and I was reading over that. So, Litter Mermaid. Litter Mermaid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. We got, uh, let's see what we got here from Facebook. We got nothing from Facebook <laughs> um, or Disneyland Inside Out. So, those are the shout outs, the general shout outs for this episode. Um, and if I missed you, I'm sorry, but I don't think I did. I just I think I read them all, but we'll get into the other shout-outs when we uh, go into our topic. So, uh, you're up, sir. All right, the Disneyland Inside Out app. If you haven't checked it out, it's a great app. Um, you can find it at your app store or whatever device you have. Um, things that it does offer, the discussion board section, if you're looking to get a shout-out on the show, comment on our episode. Um, other things that that section does offer, you can comment on any post in there, interact with other people on the app. If you are kind of like us, we um, kind of went on the app to uh, bridge the gap between times and trips that we were at the park, and it was a good way to interact and kind of get our fix before we even started this show. Um, also, the hours and schedule section, if you are going anytime soon, you can look at um, a date in the future. And find the hours and schedule, the um, attendance estimates, the schedules of the shows, um, and things like that. So check out that section. Also, the Magical Partners Travel section, if you're looking to go anytime soon. They're offering free quotes for anybody who's looking to book. Tell them all aboard sent you. Get that eye on the price guarantee. You can also check them out at MagicalPartnersTravel.com. No doubt. And uh, just like we talked about a few weeks ago, we have uh, another new Eye on the Globe. Eye on the Globe. The most recent story um, for the on the Disneyland Inside Out app is regarding the opening date of the Fantasmic show. So we finally have a date. It's going to be July 17th. No perfect date. Not. Not, not, not anything <laughs> like that. No more perfect. more perfect date than July 17th, which is a Monday, which I find it a little bit weird, but July 17th is perfect. Also announced are some great uh, food options that are coming also that uh, July 17th. Um, I'm probably never going to try these, but Blackberry Beignets are coming. Um, it's, you know, just a different option to celebrate the Fantasmic Show. Um, sour Watermelon Churro? Nah, I don't I'll know try about the beignet, but I don't know if I'm going to get to. Don't know about that one. But the churro, no. S'mores churro, I might try that. Sounds that like, sounds pretty good. It sounds good, yes. Uh, lobster rolls, you're not a fan, but yeah. I would I would definitely be interested in trying those. Um, <laughs> it just says nachos on here, so I don't really know what that means. Um, and then there's also a lavender sparkler drink at the Hungry Bear restaurant. Have so, you ever eaten at the Hungry Bear? I have not. No? I ate there once. Uh... You know, and I, and I don't think it's always open. Like even if Critter Country is open, it's kind of like schmoozies. 
to me, Schmoozies, it took me forever to finally like get to try that place because it was finally open. I thought I was just done for forever. Now, yeah. each time I've I've been back since I've tried it for the first time, it has been open. So it might have taken like a mm. sixteen year hiatus. No, yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then I'm not gonna lie. Once I had it, I was like, eh, it's just okay. Um, but Hungry Bear was good. I think we had like a burger or something. I forgot. It was years ago, yeah. but. Um, nice. One time, but then, you know, I use the bathroom over there a lot. I do, too. <laughs> Off topic, That's the sorry. only time I've been over there is to use the, the bathrooms that are over there. <laughs> Which is funny, too, because I feel like I always have to go. I mean, this is maybe too much, but after Splash Mountain. It's, like, yeah. You, it's know, not... you always the water ride and just, you got to go. Yep. Um, also, um, coming on the 17th, there is uh, new dining packages available at the Blue Bayou. Riverbell Terrace and an on-the-go option. That's what that means. You can check that out um, at the Hungry Bear Restaurant. So check those out. Um, also, it appears coming soon will be the Max Pass, which is the um, fast passes that will be electronically available on your smartphone, and it's expected to be ten dollars per guest per day. Um, also, it says on here that there may be or will be annual cost available or options available for annual pass holders so that's pretty cool I'm pretty excited for that that is awesome <clears throat> alright guys um, before we get on the railroad really quick go check us out on iTunes give us a like I'm sorry not a like a rating five stars hopefully hopefully you enjoyed that much <clears throat> excuse me um, go check out the new website allaboarddisney.com we're also on Patreon uh, can help, help us keep the show afloat. And if you guys want any merchandise, email us at allaboard1955 at gmail.com. Uh, we have coasters, shirts, you know, coffee mugs, you know, whatever you want. And everything is made to order, so it might take uh, a few days uh, to get ready and all that. But like I said, it'll be, it'll be specific for you. Um, so, yeah, anyways, let's get on the railroad. We're actually going to go pick up our uh, a friend Jeff. Jeff Wrights, the uh, Mr. 2000. Um, so we're going to talk about his milestone, answer any listener fan questions, and talk about the Matterhorn as well. So it's going to be the Matterhorn uh, 2 episode, I guess, with Jeff Wrights. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get on the railroad right now. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited... Now leaving for a Grand Circle Tour of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome to a most exciting adventure. A breathtaking bobsled ride down the icy slopes of the majestic Matterhorn. To assist you in boarding your bobsled, we ask that you observe the seating diagram directly overhead. For your own safety, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened at all times. And please hold on to hats and glasses. Thank you. All right, everybody, the railroad got us over here to the Matterhorn. Yes, it's the Matterhorn. We're going to do our second episode on that and as well talk to our guest who we have now here is uh, Jeff Wrights. Uh, how you, how you doing, Jeff? 
I'm doing well. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing great. Oh, we are doing really great. Um, and first of all, I want to say thank you for uh, being on our show. I'm sure you've done a number of interviews. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sure. I know you have. <laughs> um, <laughs> since you've hit your 2000th day. Um, and we first of all, we want to say that that's awesome because I, I can't even imagine going. I mean, I can't. I want to imagine it, but I've never gone more than two days in a row, two consecutive days. Um, and that's over the since 2003, two days here, two days there, one day here. So uh, yeah, the most I've ever been in a row is probably three days, and that's about it. But I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, and today is actually day 2020. And that's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, Thank you. So obviously, we know it started off with a annual pass, and then you you kept going. Um, you went on leap year. That's where the 366 comes from. Um, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and you know, you got the. And that was the 24 hour event. I'm sure you were there. How long were you there on that day? Uh, open to close. I was. Uh, I believe you either first or third in the gate that morning and uh the uh, event and went from 6 a.m to 6 a.m i didn't leave the gates until 7 a.m and that was just to go across the street to denny's grab some breakfast and then about 9 30 or so was back in the park and uh hung out and probably i think it was like until one o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon uh for my visit for the next day because uh even though the clock rolled over to the next day for me, it only counted as one because it was only one park admission for the full 24 hours. Oh, yeah. I didn't, Got even, it. I didn't yeah. think about that. So you'd have to leave and then, you know, come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah so when people ask me about uh, how long do I stay, um, my shortest being about an hour or so if I do what I call a castle loop, um, like if I have a baseball game or, you know, sporting event or special event to get to, I'll just basically go up Main Street either to or through the castle and work my way back out. And that still takes me about an hour because I'll uh, still take and post at least one image along with a uh, topic to talk to people all along the path. Yeah. Um, whereas the long would be like the 24-hour days because I actually would get here about 2.30 or so in the afternoon the day before in order to make my visit for the day before. Then I do the overnight lineup um, in the parking lot uh, or out in the esplanade in between, do the full event from opening to closing, and then turn around, uh, go to get breakfast, and then come back in, you know, about half hour, hour or so after, uh, and make my visit for a few hours that day for the, for the second half before finally going home and collapsing for the rest of the day and night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I, kind of, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to this weekend with D23. Yeah, so you're going to do the parks for a little bit while you're doing... Because what, what time is D23? What are the hours of, of that um, operation over there? Uh, 9 to 7 is the expo, but uh, the um, there are some of the uh, talks that actually go until like 8 o'clock at night, like 7 to 8 o'clock at night at the very end of the of, of a couple of days. Okay. So, yeah, then you... so I'm actually walking right past the Matterhorn. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear the wind howling. Uh, but it's pretty windy up there. Oh, and Harold uh, just roared out hello to you guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I I can't quite hear, but uh, let me, let me, let's take a moment of silence for a second. Let's see if we can hear it. Well, I think you'll recognize in just one moment, I, I'll have a little bit of audio that you guys will uh, 
recognize exactly where I am. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Let's see. There we go. You guys get that? I heard it a little bit. Did you hear that? Yeah, teacups? Uh, no, it was the... That uh, was the, the Pemetis and Tato's Corner. Oh, okay. I'm over, I'm over here. Uh, it's a triangle between Alice in Wonderland, Matterhorn, and Teacups. Nice, I nice. thought I, I... Maybe I didn't hear it at the Teacups, but that's what I thought. I heard a little doo-doo-doo, but I don't know. Um, I had a I had a question just now, but I, I totally drew a blank. I, I don't know why I did that, but... Uh, I mean, I have a question uh, for you real quick. Did you... When yeah. you first started going um, these, you know, 2,000-plus days... Did you ever think it would get this far, or what was your goal in, in doing that? I had no idea at all it was going to become something as much as it has. The, oh, there's one real orange. Uh, the original was, um, as a joke, uh, that Disney offered you an extra Disney day, talking about the late day, 24-hour day. So uh, my friend and I, both being unemployed, uh, had lots of time, and we both had uh, annual passes that they had been given to us as gifts, so it was free entertainment. So we decided to use it, and as a positive, it forced us to get up and get out, uh, you know, get some fresh air. It wasn't about staying at the park the entire day. It was just about making a visit. And then you got your pedometer apps on your phone, so you're logging exercise time, and then talking with guests and other cast members. You're working on your networking and communication skills. You know, you never know if you're going to run into something that might have a job lead or something. And so uh, we thought we'd go ahead and we had always planned to be here on January 1st. But then when all this came about on New Year's Eve, uh, when we were here that morning, we were joking around and saying, well, how can it be an extra day if you don't use the others? And so that's what led us to go ahead and go for the full 366 days of 2012. And so it ran with that. And then as we came up on uh, New Year's and the completion of the first year, um, I had already started, I, as a temp, I started my job over at the Long Beach VA Hospital, uh, helping out my fellow veterans um, as, as a 90-day temp program in September. And then on December 28th, they rolled it over another six months. So I had my position. And at the time, Tanya uh, had a position that uh, unfortunately um, she lost a little bit after New Year's, but uh, you know, so we had decided to go ahead and keep going and uh, so it ran into two years. And just over time, uh, she was still having issues with finding jobs and everything. So she decided to uh, finish her term of every day at two years and one day. Um, but I just decided to keep going because I was still having fun with it. And, yeah. Uh, by that time, I was a permanent employee, so you know it's like you know someone gets off work, goes to either dinner or goes you know goes to a bar and has happy hour with coworkers and friends, and you know or if you want to go to a movie or something, well, heck, I've got it all right here at the resort. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and then like, need. yeah, exactly, and you know it's even become my gym. I mean, this past year, um, I've already lost about forty pounds. You know, from watching what I'm eating and then getting you know I. I almost every day, just about, get at least 10,000 steps in, if not more. I mean, this weekend with D23, I'll probably be averaging about 9 to 10 miles a day. And that's kind of hard to watch what you eat at Disneyland, because, I mean, I personally, I go and I plan, I don't plan my meals, but, like, I know what I'm going to get, and it's, there's a lot of food over there that's not, you know, necessarily good for you, so 
that, that's true. And and I do have snacks and stuff on occasion too. Um, I mean, even my favorite meal here is the Tomorrowland uh, uh, pizza port uh, and pasta, you know, spaghetti and chicken sicily over there. So, I mean, even that's, you know, the healthiest of diets compared to some of the other stuff they have here. But it's just, you know, watching. And because I'm not here for the whole day, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks, when they come, they're here open to close, you know, or thereabouts because you're here on vacation for a day, two days, three days. So you're going to maximize everything, you know, eating all the churros, Dole Whips, you know, Mickey pretzels and everything else you can get your hands on besides your two or three meals. That's true. And with me being here on visits, you know, like I got here, I came in the park about five o'clock today after work, you know, and I might stay, I don't know, it depends if I leave before fireworks or if I stick around to watch the fireworks. So, I mean, with the parks being open until midnight, I have the option I can make it all the way up to a seven-hour day here in the park after work. Um, Seven or eight, actually. Uh, But, you know, so with me coming for later visits, you know, I'm able to either just grab a snack or, you know, tonight I was thinking about going to the board and grabbing a hot dog or something, but then I decided to watch the Pixar Play Parade go on Guardian. So, um, you know, if I'm going to do that, it'll be later on. But... You know, so there's always the times that I don't have anything or I may just have a, a snack here or there, you know, but I'm still being active. So it's not like every day I'm going over to Plaza and having the pot roast or the spaghetti or something like that. You know, since I'm mixing it up a lot, you know, I, I am able to try a lot of different things. Yeah, I guess that that would be true. And like you said, you're walking it off and... Um, and that, that's what I like about when I eat those, you know, churros and beignets. Like, you're still walking your 10,000, 15,000 steps, you know, during the, the visit. Um, I know you, you had mentioned before that you you try to make it a point to always park in the Mickey and Friends parking lot. Has that ever been an issue where you, you couldn't park in there? No, I haven't had any problems with it. Um, I've always been lucky, you know, and part of it is, is because of... Uh, learning the time frames to come and go and stuff. Um, so I don't, you know, I mean, there's only been a few times where I even had to like wait in the Esplanade for the gates to reopen. Uh, most of the time I can go straight in. So it's just been a matter of learning the times, you know, if it's a heavy day, you know, say New Year's Eve, then I'm going to come first thing in the morning. Uh, when, when it opens, I'll spend the whole day here. You know, whereas, you know, if it's a weekday and, you know, yeah, people are going to rush in. But then with me coming after work, there's a lot of times that uh, people, uh, if you're traveling, you may have already left uh, to go travel or you might be, you know, grabbing dinner or getting a few Z's in with your youngsters before coming back for the parade and fireworks for the night. So it's usually easier for me to get in at that time. Yeah, I guess that's true. I like I, I've been redirected the last few times to try to park in there. I love parking the Mickey and Friends. I love riding that tram to the uh, Esplanade or, or the main. Uh, what do they call it? Downtown Disney? Is it, it's, it's the Esplanade, right? The uh... Uh, well, you still ride it to Downtown Disney. Uh, the yeah. Esplanade would be the area uh, behind the ticket booths in between the two parks. Yeah. Okay. That okay. Um, so riding it down there, just the 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 experience. That's your first, technically your first experience after parking, obviously, but. Um, Techland, that's an attraction. And we actually did an episode on that. I, I like that. Uh, it's a free attraction, I guess. You don't have to buy a ticket to, to ride it. You could just ride that all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and 
I think the other reason I like going to Mickey and Friends, not only a the tram game right there, um, you know, and growing up, it's always been part of the experience of taking the tram to or from your car mm-hmm. um, versus taking the city bus. But the other thing is, if I do choose to close the park down, then I feel safer walking through downtown Disney and just crossing uh, Magic Way into the. Uh, you know, Pinocchio and, and Mickey and Friends parking structure than I would do with the idea of walking a mile down Harbor Boulevard. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because you're, you're still within the Disney, like, borders, I guess. The grounds, uh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> I know, uh, I mean, Toy Story is where I always get redirected, and that's not even, I mean, I mean I'm sure it's considered Disney property, but it's not on the actual property. It's like a half a mile to a mile down the road. You have to get, yeah. get busted. Um, yeah. And it'll be a whole different, uh, a whole different ball of wax together. You know, once they get everything settled with the city and they get the eastern corridor uh, built um, over there on the other side of Harbor, because then you're going to have a um, once you park or you bring a a shuttle or a bus or anything, everybody's going to go to the eastern corridor parking area, and then you'll come across on a flyover bridge over uh, Harbor. So you won't be taking a bus from your car to get to the uh, resort anymore. So that'll be a whole different experience uh, once that gets settled in. Now, I know it's supposed to be done before Star Wars Land, uh, but uh, waiting to find out uh, what's happening with it. Yeah. So hopefully this weekend we'll get a little more information. Yeah, hopefully that'll be really nice for you know D23 and stuff. Um, we do have uh, a question on Facebook. I believe it's our only one on Facebook from Andrea Swenson. Um, she wants to know how did you first come to love Disneyland um, and what I mean we, we kind of already answered it but she did also ask what drove you to visit daily well I, I came to love Disneyland as a child I grew up right here in Huntington Beach about 12 to 15 miles from the uh, resort uh, you know my family would uh, come up two or three times a year for like birthdays or Christmas kind of thing and you know then other times uh you know, we would just drive up and uh, park like on Walnuts uh, behind the hotel and okay. uh, walk, walk through the Disneyland Hotel area to, uh, you know, look at the laser lights and the dancing waters and then getting to find a spot in the parking lot or something in order to watch the Fantasy in the Sky fireworks, you know, as they would go off every night. Um, and so that was always something that was magical to share, you know, coming up and you know, like even as a kid, when Disney, you you come up and kids would have uh, Easter egg hunts, uh, kind of like the hunt, the, the Halloween uh, trick or treating. That you know, you would have different locations set up around the park. Um, that you, as a kid, you would take your Easter bag or basket, whatever they gave you. I forget at the time, uh, but you would actually get you know a plastic egg of a goodie or something like that. Um, for trick-or-treating here at the park. And so, you know, things like that, that, you know, there's still those memories that have built on them. And when you add in all the movies and, you know, the uh, the stories and TV shows and everything growing up, you know, it, it's created a lot of magic that I've enjoyed. I mean, my brother was even a cast member here for a while when he was in high school, um, working custodial and bussing tables. Um, you know, and then he had his... Uh, his first wedding he did here uh, in the gazebo garden, which is now where ESPN zones it. So, 
you know, so it's it's been something to get to uh, see a lot of different things happen. And my senior prom actually happened in the uh, grand ballroom of the Disneyland Hotel. Wow, that's that's awesome. Right. Yeah, it's it's no it's no lot of fun. All right, we got uh, another question on Instagram. We're gonna jump over. We only had the one on Facebook. Um, from Baby Got Back, she writes, "When did the Disney journey begin?" Um, and when she means is, uh, when did you first go? What made you fall in love with the park? Which we kind of already answered a little bit. We did. I, I don't want anyone to get missed, but of course. Yeah. yeah, I think I started uh, coming. I know my mom. I believe brought me in, you know, like six months into a year. Or so I know she's talked about taking me on the Matterhorn when I was as young as two, sitting in the wow. cuddle seats with her, her and my blankie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of which, what did you think about the the, the seat change the, the, when they changed the seats a few years back? Yeah, that was, that happened actually uh, during D twenty three. It was uh, in uh, two thousand fifteen, uh, June June fifteenth, two thousand fifteen is when they opened uh, the new uh, single seats. Uh, the same day that we opened up Cars Land and Buena Vista Street in Disney California Adventure. Um, I I always enjoyed the big seats. Uh, or what I call the cuddle seats, because mm-hmm. I am a big guy. You know, I'm about six two myself. Um, so those are always nice. Now um, I always sit in the front row, or I should say the front row of the cars, uh, because there are two cars per sled, um, and because the two front rows, row one and row four, have an open box, so it's larger leg room, and uh, it's easier for me. I can always sit Indian style. Versus uh, trying to squeeze into the foot pockets and uh, into the uh, the other four rows right. and just trying to get squeezed in, um, and so it, it just works a lot better for me. Plus, I always enjoy sitting in the front row and holding onto the rail and le- I lean into the corners, and that's where I have a lot of fun. Is I like to lean into the corners, like I'm controlling uh, the bobsleds, <laughs> you know, steering, you know, USA one down the slopes. Yeah. Hey, why not? You know, <laughs> put your head out and go across the finish line faster. I guess you know. <laughs> you know, and that's one thing. It's funny when when I've had a group of friends where all six people were, were all within our group, and we got everybody leaning in the corners and stuff. I mean, we had a blast doing it. Not only that, it actually feels faster because and smoother because as you lean into the corners, you're kind of prepping. And so you're leaning into it versus if you sit back into the seats. You're more of a defensive uh, player where you're getting shaken up and rattled around. You know, when you're on a motorcycle or bicycle, yeah. do you usually lay back or do you lean into it? You got to lean into it, yeah. There you go. That's our tip, guys. <laughs> My, uh, Jeff's tip of the week. <laughs> um, uh, she also asks, uh, what inspired the 2,000-day milestone? Uh, the love of Disney and the continued magic. I'm still, to this day, having fun, joking around, finding new things. I mean, tonight, uh, just before uh, hopping on the train to talk to you guys, I went over and visited uh, the collector and uh, tried to help break out the Guardians. And in the process, I found out we're going to have to go back sometime to uh, help break out Mickey and Minnie, who have been captured. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of finding out that Minnie Mouse had also been captured. It was something new that I had heard was a possibility, but I didn't actually know for sure until tonight when I was actually able to get photographic proof myself. 
Wow, nice. What, what was that noise just now? Was that the that would be a monorail horns just monorail. went overhead and want, <laughs> they want to say hello to you guys. That's what uh, I thought. I'm I'm sitting right at the uh, at the start of the boat docks behind the Idlewise uh, snack bar. Oh, nice. Yeah, any any like I said, any Disney sounds we're gonna hear are just bonus tonight. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, it, it, it's nice to get the sounds, but uh, like if I go right next to the teacups, you know, that's very uh, musical. It's also a little bit harder uh, for you guys to hear me and vice versa. So yeah. that's why I thought I'd come over here. We get more background. Oh, man. When we did the episode on the railroad, we were we didn't so we have headphones now in the studio. We can hear everything. We weren't on um, any headphones. We just had our, our cell phones and we had the, the headphones and the mic that it came with. So we were just speaking into the mics and... Uh, we we kept talking over the conductor and the, some of the sounds. We should have just kind of laid back, but, you know, that was our first time doing it. If we ever do it again, we'll be more prepared and, okay, let's you know be silent during this and talk during this yeah. time. So the episode is kind of skewed in that way, but we didn't have our headphones on. All, all we were able, relying on is just what our ears heard, and we weren't sure what the mics were picking up. And, you know, you live, you learn. But it was, it was still a fun episode overall because we were – Literally on the railroad instead of just in our imaginations, which is most of this show anyway. So, she also writes, yeah. um, "What is your favorite attraction at Disneyland?" We answered that already. You know, it's the Matterhorn. She also writes that she loves the Matterhorn. Um, Very cool. You know, who who can not like the Matterhorn? I mean, that's a, that's it's an awesome. Since, since I was, you know, I, I wasn't two or anything, maybe five um, when I probably. Started going on the Matterhorn, and ever since, you know, just yeah. And that was one of the landmarks. Whenever I would drive, my not my, my my parents would drive <laughs> to Disneyland. I'd be on the freeway, and I would see the Matterhorn. Like, yes, we are here, and that was the landmark that I relied on to know how close we were to the park. And obviously, if you can see it, you're really close to the park, you know. And then, I think later on in life, became the Tower of Terror. Yeah, where you see that, and it's it's just those little landmarks. But when I was growing up, it was the Matterhorn. Oh. Jeez. Yeah, um, that, that's always been fun. You know, for me, I, I like I said, I live about twelve to fifteen miles away, so I, I'm not close enough to see it until I come up here. But during uh, clear nights, we can hear the fireworks. And if you go up on any of the hills, I've been as far away as over in Signal Hill and Long Beach area, and been able to watch the fireworks uh, from here at Disneyland. Wow. Yeah, those things are not quiet. I've, I've stayed, you know, well, we always stay near the park and. Um, one one of the nights that I wasn't going to the park, it was around 10 p.m. You know, trying to go to sleep to you know go home the next day, hearing the fireworks and how loud they are, only being a half a mile away or a mile away, they are loud. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah definitely. When you're at the park, you when, don't realize it. Yeah, it's dead. It's something that's fun, you know. And that's also one of the things that I like to use to change things up. You know, some days. It's about, you know, getting right in front of the castle to see everything in its traditional form, you know, with the... You know, other times, I mean, I've even found it's actually kind of cool even going back to the uh, newly reopened and uh, grabbing a seat on one of the benches back there in order to just watch the, the big boys bomb, uh, blow up and... Uh, than, uh, you know, getting, not so much having the audio, but just watching the fireworks and how pretty they are back there in the darker areas. Yeah. 
There you go, guys. What was that? There it is. That's train. Engine 5. Uh, I'm, I'm now over here next to a Small World. They had pulled into Toontown on a quick stop. They're nice. just getting ready to take off and head towards Tomorrowland. Oh, that's bonus. They're, that's awesome. <laughs> they're busy testing all the trains and getting all the uh, cast members back up to par uh, and everything. In fact, they're even running the audio right now uh, with the uh, voice of the train announcing the takeoff. Awesome. That's that's perfect for this show. That's awesome. Um, well, that's why I thought you might like that. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. I, I heard that. And I was like, "Is that is that what I think it is?" But uh, <laughs> um, sa- same person writes uh, this past visit when I went with my family to the park. We all rode it together. Um, let's see. They rode the front car and got soaked. Um, yeah, I saw that question, and they didn't state which side they're on. But from my personal experience. Uh, I believe that they were on track one or the t- uh, Tomorrowland side near the Finding Nemo submarines. Um, that, uh, for some reason, when you come across the uh, bridge and do the drop down into the uh, puddle, uh, depending on which sled you have, you can get a wave of water that will hit you bigger than Splash Mountain. And I have gotten off of there and been completely drenched. Uh, and then if I use one of the other sleds, I've gotten off there and just been slightly wet. So, uh, yeah, I, I know from experience what she's talking about. And definitely uh, because of coming and work clothes a lot of times, uh, that's one reason that a lot of it I will actually ride on the Fantasyland side, getting in uh, over by the teacups, because that side uh, does tend to stay drier. Um, and if I'm in work clothes, I don't always want to get a bath. That's one of the reasons right. why I also don't ride Splash Mountain or Grizzly Rapids on a regular basis because I'm not wanting to get soaked in my work clothes. Yeah, and I've never experienced that. I don't know Space Mountaineer has. I definitely but... have experienced getting soaked on the Tomorrowland side. But that's not always. It hasn't always been like that, right? It's kind of a. Is that it a seems new like thing? it seems like a new thing. I know I mean... it, it's always gone through the water. I know that, but I've never gotten like. I mean, a little splash, yes, but never soaked or really all that wet, you know, on that ride. But it, it really seems to depend on the individual sleds. For some reason, I don't know if there's slight adjustments or waiting, but uh, I want to say it's the red and or green sleds, or at least a couple of them, uh, seem to really get soaked, where the blue one, um, I didn't get as wet. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to notice that next time when I go in Check 2018. <laughs> That's my my goal. Um, let's see what she wrote um, the, about being so way more than Splash Mountain. Let's see. While us in the back car were completely dry, it was yeah, and that's because of the fact that the front car uh, hits the wave of water. As you, and I think it also has to do with how steep you're dropping down as you go into the puddle. Um, so that right. front car just hits the wave and. Because of the shape of the sleds, it's not like some of the others where it just completely blows it outwards. With them being rounded so much, I think that's why the water will also come up and over the cone. Uh, but it doesn't always make it to the second row. So because by then, the first car is cutting the water open uh, so that the second car can make it through a lot cleaner. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. I know that off topic a little bit. Pirate of the Caribbean has that thing where you can't sit in the back seat anymore. Do they do they update that? They, that they, actually change, they, they seem to change it depending on which way the wind blows each day or each week. <laughs> um, 
I've even had recently where even from the uh, the starboard side, you know, where the uh, the um, the VIP or disabled guests will get in off the right side of the boat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for most of the time, they won't allow you to to get in the left side because of being a larger gap. But I've even had times uh, recently where they did allow guests on the right side to enter the boat into Rosedick. So it's one of those things that it really changes. Um, you know, it's kind of like single rider. It's, uh, you find out when you get to the attraction what's going to be happening. Hmm. Yeah, I, the, I, last few time I, I went on it, they just no, nobody in the back. I, I guess it's just the water. I don't know, but that's that's interesting how they change sure. it up like that. Yeah, for myself, I usually will ask to be in like row four or five where I'm in the back versus being up in the front unless I want to be in the flood zone. But also, I don't like being in six because the way that the boats are built to help protect you from falling in if you're, as you're getting in and out of the boats, uh, those kind of like work like water wings. And if there is any water, it'll catch on those and then flood right into your seat after, you know, for uh, you to fit in anyhow. Yeah, so that's yeah. another reason I usually will ask not to be in row six <laughs> as it is. Yeah. Let's see. She also writes, um, it was pretty funny just to get off the ride and see their faces and clothes soaked, especially since we rode the ride during the magic morning. Um, oh, and it was dang. just a fun way to, uh, to our day had just, our day had just begun. And that's not a great way to start the day all soaked, you know, like that. I mean, your, your clothes is fine, but when you're, shoes, I, I think socks. something like that, yeah, something like that just depends. Was there magic morning at Christmas time? Or was it, you know, like summertime? Because if it's summertime, that's going to feel really nice to help keep you cool and as the sun comes up because we've been hitting 90-degree temps around here. Um, versus if you do it in the wintertime, yeah, that's going to be a bit chilly if you get the winds blowing or anything and you've got soaked clothes for the day. Yeah, we, we did on the, the Grizzly River run uh, a couple years ago now. We actually put our shoes and socks in the locker and wore flip-flops and sandals on that. And... Because my socks weren't going to get soaked, I had like the most peace of mind, and I talk about it all the time. Is that I I, I welcomed you know it was high was a hot day, and I welcomed the the water, knowing that my clothes will dry eventually, you know, in an hour or so. Uh, but my socks just will never dry, you know, throughout the day. So it was actually mm-hmm. it was actually the most fun I've had riding that attraction because you know the the lockers over there are two hours free while you're riding the two hours free anyway. But you're going to only want to do it when you're riding the attraction, but. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, and, that, and that's just it. You know, that you just hit on something. It's uh, all about being prepared. You know, it doesn't matter if it's rain, shine, you know, scorching heat, you know, or, you know, downpour. As long as you're prepared, you can have a good time. I mean, one of the, uh, you know, I, I did uh, three laps in a row when they were getting ready to uh, shut down uh, Splash Mountain uh, a couple years ago. And it had been raining that night, so I already had a poncho and my dive coat on and, you know, shorts and tevas. so I was dressed to be wet anyhow. So I just sat on the boat, and it wasn't busy that night, so I stuck around, and they <laughs> let me do three laps in a row without wow. even getting out of the boat. Hey, why not? You know, yeah. so if you're dressed for it, you know, and then same thing uh, this past New Year's Eve. Um, it rained up until about 8 o'clock at night, and uh, so we planned ahead, went to REI, got some rain, a nice rain pants, some backpacker ponchos, and, uh, you know, so with that, we were able to enjoy the day without getting all soaked and grumpy about it, and then, 
you know, we were able to go over to Rivers America and get great seats right on the rail to watch Big Bad Voodoo Daddy play on the river that night. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think I, I want to say, I don't know if it was that exact date, but I have seen it. People po- posting pictures of the, how clear the park is on a rainy day or a rainy night. People just leave. Definitely. You know, the, the rain, not only does it wash the dirt and stuff away, but it tends to wash a good <laughs> number of the uh, guests away, too. That's true. Um, so, yeah, if you can handle some moisture, you can. it's like coming midweek. You can actually get some short lines to enjoy stuff. Now, they do shut down some of the outdoor rides like Teacups and Alice and, you know, I believe Racers and such if it gets too heavy. But, you know, there's still a good portion that's left open for you to enjoy. And it, since everyone's always, you know, either hanging out inside of uh, one of the restaurants or Animation Academy trying to uh, wait out the rain, if you're dressed for it or you don't mind getting wet, you can jump right on to quite a few rides and have fun um, in the shorter lines. I love it. Not only that, as a photographer, the rain makes awesome photos because yeah. you get a lot of reflections of all the lighting at night. Yes. And I love that, too. Just being prepared. Like you said, you know, you're wearing your, your raincoat and whatever pants and some good shoes. And, yeah, it's, I don't know, especially at night. I like the the rain at night. This sounds awesome on some of these attractions. I mean, obviously, you mm-hmm. don't want to, like you just said, the teacups because it's going to fill up. But, you know, uh, yeah, now that's awesome. I love it. We have a, another comment on Instagram. Um, not sure how to pronounce it, but it's J-E-R-A-2-M-1-E. <laughs> Um, they said, I am amazed by your journey. So cool. My little boy is obsessed with the Matterhorn. He will not ride it, but he, but we still sit together um, and watch the riders and listen to the Yeti. He has memorized the track every twist and turn, and his grandfather built him a scale model of the Matterhorn that sits in his bedroom, which is very cool. Um, come to find out, my son and the Matterhorn even share the same birthday. It is special, and to him, almost... Uh, almost magical ride. That's awesome. So very cool. Yeah. Um, I one I would love to see that model. I mean, he is very lucky to have a scale model like that. I mean, I've always loved mountains. I'm an Eagle Scout and been into rock climbing and mountaineering since I was young. Uh, so I mean, that alone is one of the other draws to that attraction for me. I mean, growing up. When I was in scouts in high school and that, you know, it was when we still had the uh, mountaineers. And when they'd come down, we'd talk to them about the different equipment they use and the different climbing routes and the grades and, and such of the routes. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely very cool. The one thing I do want to uh, correct, uh, if you go to Florida on the, um, uh, the Ever- Expedition Everest, you can go find the Yeti over there. Harold is an abominable snowman uh different locations around the world uh so it's different names okay yeah and i heard you've been to have you been to disney world speaking of which uh expedition everest that's where they have the yeti no i have you have you been there though to disney world uh not i have not had a chance i've been to uh, walt disney world once but it was before um, everest opened up oh okay um i was i was there christmas uh 2003 to new year's day 2004 so i had an eight-day visit um i did do my only warm water scuba dive in the epcot aquarium wow that's cool because i heard that 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 yeti over there doesn't always work that's what i'm hearing more and more (laughs) (laughs) um 
Yeah, I know it opened up uh, back in two, uh, 2005. I was working for a travel agency and had earned my Disney, uh, my years through the college of knowledge as a Disney specialist. And uh, that was the one of the things that I had uh, learned about at that time was when uh, Expedition Everest was just opening. Um, but yeah, I've never had the opportunity to get back there yet, but I do look forward to trying it at some point. Nice. Yeah, or ours got upgraded, and I think it's, I don't know, I think it's one of the sweetest upgrades in that ride. I agree. <laughs> The, the visual and the sound, it kind of scares you. Even though you're, you know it's coming, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, that's it's, it's more lifelike, thing. yeah. And I'm a grown man, and it still scares me. <laughs> um, let's see, also, Instagram, the uh, Disneyer writes, what is your favorite thing to do at Disneyland when you first arrive there? When I first get to the park, uh, the first thing I tend to do is kind of survey the land. Um, you know, I, whenever I come in, my head's almost on a swivel. Uh, I'm looking around, seeing one if there's any Disney friends that might be coming or going, any cast members, you know, that are friends I want to say hi to, or any characters. I, then I usually tend to head up towards the uh, hub information wall. Um, oh, uh, it gets a little loud. Your locomotive's coming past me right now. Nice. Um, it's the Fred Gurley number three. Hey, that's the one we were on, Fred Gurley. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll go up to the information wall in the hub and uh, hey guys, uh, get an idea of what the wait times are, you know. And when you're up as you walk down Main Street, it can also give you an idea of how big the park is. I mean, if it's really light then it tends to be that a lot of the park is pretty light. If the park, if the main street is packed, you know, it's usually because it's so full everywhere around the park that people are wanting to get in or get out. So I find that that's kind of a good way to uh, break in and, you know, just kind of take a look around to see what I want to do. You know, unless there's something special, you know, if it's a special event, like back in February, March, we had AP days. So I was always heading straight over to Tomorrowland to uh, go see what's going on over there um but otherwise nowadays it's just you know i get in i take a look around and then depending on who i'm with uh you know we will head that direction you know if it's you know right after dinner it might be let's go grab a bite to eat and then we'll go from there you know it could be let's hit all e-ticket or let's just knock out all of uh, fantasy land or frontier land so when you walk through the gate you have a do you, you, you often see the same uh, people taking tickets, or do you just go wherever? Um, I'll vary. Uh, you know, I kind of, uh, I don't have a specific kiosk I go through. I, I change the gates all the time. Uh, you know, if there's someone I want to see to say hi to, then I'll uh, make a point to go through their line. You know, or at least uh, swing, or if their line is too long, I'll swing by <laughs> one of the other gates and then, uh, you know, swing by to say hi to them behind. Oh, nice. Um but yeah, no, it's, I'm, I am a regular guest uh, that just happens to come a little bit more often. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not a VIP. Uh, I've only had plaids escort me around the park once, um, and that was after the completion or at the end of the completion of two years when, uh, as a gift, Disney uh, took us to dinner at Carthay and then gave us a VIP guide for the rest of the night. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was my first time to ever eat at Carte Circle uh, when that happened. So that was kind of neat. 
Um, but yeah, otherwise, no, I'm, I'm a regular guest, so I'm going through the lines and everything just like everyone else. Nice. Uh, what was I going to say about that? Uh, you, you're with an annual pass. I never had, I guess I got to ask you this too. You're able to track it on your own by entering your, I mean, on a computer or something like that to see how many days you've gone. Not really. No. Um, they have a count on your Disneyland annual pass holder webpage. But for one thing, that count is not, um, people always read it because that's one of the things I always get tagged in conversations and Disney groups and stuff on Facebook that when they take screenshots saying, hey guys, I've been there to Disneyland a hundred times, you know, since I got my pass. And that's not true. That number on the Disneyland annual pass holder uh, profile page is actually your gate entries. Uh, okay. um, up and it's up to uh, three entries per day. And you got to remember, if you have a signature or signature plus that includes parking, parking is one gate. Then to go through Disney and DCA, those are each an additional gate. So that's where you can get up to three in one day. Um, so it's not that you've, you know, you may have missed up 30 and you're only there for a spread of 10 days or may have been 30 days if, you know, you didn't pay for parking and then you just uh, went in one park each day. So it doesn't really give you an accurate number. The only way you can do that is to talk to uh, either City Hall or Ticketing, um, and sometimes they can help you out in learning that. Uh, for myself, I now involve IT because of having such a high count um, that it's not as easy or as accessible for City Hall to just look and say, okay, yeah, he's been here this many times. But as of the 2000, uh, it was confirmed by Disney that I had actually been in the park in 2,000 days. Nice. D Disneyland itself, right? Not California Adventure. That doesn't. That's a separate gate entry. Disney, Disney California is all part of my pass because my pass is a park hopper. Yeah. But for my individual count, um, for my my 2,000 day challenge is all about coming to Disneyland. Um, so every day of the 2,000 or now 2,020 days, I've come into <laughs> Disneyland. Not every day have I gone to Disney California Adventure. Now, part of that stems from the original year um, with the original challenge because uh, the 24-hour day only took place in uh, Disneyland. They didn't have 24 hours in uh, Disney California Adventure. Also, on June 14, 2012, California Adventure was actually closed for the entire day for the press and grand premiere as they got ready for the public premiere of Cars Land and Buena Vista Street on June 15th, 2012. Okay, interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, California Adventure, I guess, doesn't have that. We're open every day, whereas Disneyland, Rain or Shine, every day they're, they're open. They normally do, yeah. Um, Disneyland has only been closed two days out of the entire 62 years it's been open. That was the day that JFK was shot, and then on 9-11. Yes. Uh, those are the only two days that that park is, or this park has ever been closed at all. Um, you know, and that's also part of the reason that I've been able to do this kind of challenge. You know, some of the other theme parks in the area, like Knott's Berry Farm, closes when it rains too heavy uh, because of all the uh, roller coaster type attractions. So you, no one could uh, do an entire year of going to Knott's, you know, in some of the other parks because of not being weather accessible. Yeah, I know uh, Six Flags is not open like most of the year anyway so you, it's like weekends yeah. only it's like you couldn't do that exactly exactly 
So that, that's one of the things, you know, even you you can't go to design the whole year either because of the weather and the closures like that. So that's one of the things that I've been very lucky uh, to live in Southern California where we have the kind of weather and the uh, kind of attractions that we have here like Disneyland. Yeah, nice. Um, we have another one from Instagram. We have uh, TZNQID writes, congratulations on your milestone. Um, Thank you. Also writes, how long did you plan on doing this? I'm not sure if we touched on that earlier. Like, what was the goal? You, I know it was obviously the first year, but after that. Yeah, was... at this point, at this point, it's still up in the air. My current annual pass is valid until January of next year. So I've got this year paid off. So, you know, as things go, I'm still, you know, I'm kind of keeping an eye on things and we'll see what happens. Um, if you remember, when I first started this, I had been unemployed for a couple years. And so I had gotten to the point where I was living on credit cards and, you know, a credit card and, you know, creating bills and things. And so once I got my job, I was able to uh, begin paying off those bills. And, you know, I've gotten to that point where I'm back on where I'm actually starting to build the savings. And so, you know, but, you know, I've also got um, a girlfriend that I met um, while coming here to Disneyland. Um, we actually met back on day 660, but she's currently, um, she's a teacher and she just uh, completed her master's degree and she's working on a second teaching credential. So she's also in the process of, you know, doing a lot of uh, work for her uh, career. So, you know, as things get settled up, uh, then, you know, we'll look at it. You know, it'd be nice, you know, maybe take a, go on a Disney cruise or, you know, check out one of the other parks or, you know, even, you know, I'd love to go back up to Yosemite or something like that. You know, so once I you know, got the money and everything, and I can enjoy things, then I'll take a look at doing that. You know, I've also got buddies that are wanting me back in the water to go blow bubbles uh, scuba diving with them, because uh, I had to get out when I had gotten some dental work done, and just haven't gotten back in the water yet. All right, nice. That's oh, awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> and that's in uh, in California. You do the the diving, or you go other places? Yeah, um, I'm I'm purely a California diver at this point, uh, from the Mexican border up to Santa Barbara and the Channel Islands. Um, you know, and that's the thing that's been nice uh, with how Walt chose uh, Anaheim as the as a central location for Disneyland. It really has played out true for me um, because over the last five and a half years, not only have I come to Disneyland every day, but I've also been able to enjoy special things like going down to SeaWorld or the zoo or just run around uh, San Diego or I've been out to uh, Palm Springs and the tramway, you know, and up to uh, Big Bear and that area over there. Or I've even, uh, like last weekend, I took my family up to the Staples Center to see Marvel Universe Live. And then I've also gone out to Catalina and up towards Ventura and that's to go dive the Channel Islands while still coming to Disneyland. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that's that's nice to clarify because I, I mean, people think that's all you do is work and then go to Disneyland, but no, you're still doing a lot of other things. And like you said, you don't spend all day there every day, which I didn't assume at all in the first place. I'm, most people probably did that because I would get tired. That would be crazy. Every all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, I can go for a couple hours each day. It's like going to almost like going to work. You go for you know you're tired, but <laughs> going to Disneyland for an hour or two, you're I think you're good to go. And that's just it. And I think that when I get through or get inside the uh, the walls, um, the pixie dust really <laughs> seems to kick in. Uh, you know, I could have, you know, in my position over at the hospital, I do admin work in optometry. 
So I'm sitting down um, all day long, and I'm you know making appointments, checking people in, answering questions, that kind of thing. And you know it can run you down, you know, just sitting there all day. So once I get here, I'm able to walk around, stretch out, get some fresh air, you know, and hearing the music and the rides and everything else like we've talked about. It you know you can hear it in my voice how you know it starts to cheer you up, and you know you have a good time with it. You know, even on my messenger at work. I, I have the quote on top of it put that says, think Disney and smile. They can hear it in your voice. You know, and I think that that's really true. And so that's one of the reasons, I mean, that's the main reason that I'm still going is because I still love the park and the magic that Disney is. And, um, you know, that's the only reason I come is because I'm still having fun. I mean, it was never about going for a Guinness record or anything like that. That's just become a bonus. <laughs> Like having a park hopper, you know, it's been a bonus to be able to hit both parks. Well, it's a bonus that I've earned these counts. Or this morning, not only did I wake up to an interview that I did uh, the other night uh, being aired in uh, Dublin, Ireland, but um, a company out of Brisbane, Australia created a fan-based web page for me. That was a complete shock. They had tweeted uh, tweeted it out this morning, and I was like, okay, that's kind of (laughs) cool. That is awesome, yeah. Oh, man. That's cool. Um, then this person writes, the memorable moment on Matterhorn was writing it with his father as a kid. So That's awesome. And I remember when I was a kid, though, like my, my parents would sit there. And this is why I got confused when I was a little older about the lines of Disney. Because when I was a youngster, I don't remember the huge lines like that. And I remember getting on the Matterhorn a few times. Kind of like you said about Splash Mountain riding it a few times in a row while my parents sat on the bench kind of you know near the attraction but me and my siblings riding it over and over that was one Mm -hmm. of my my best times going on Matterhorn like I don't know I I still love that that ride's amazing even you know but like you said the the, the seats changed I'm 5'10 and you said you're about 6'2 I think anyone taller than me might be a little uncomfortable so it's like when they change like I said Next time you go, try sitting and uh, ask for either row one or row four, and uh, you'll be able to sit differently, which you, you may find a lot more comfortable. Okay, awesome, nice. Because well, I, I usually know Disney's not—they don't usually give you the choice, but you know. Well, if you go as a single rider, then you don't always have that choice. Yeah. But if you uh, go for anything else, you can usually ask, you know, and they'll try and t- try to accommodate the party. Oh, speaking of single rider and the fast pass, uh, I remember the line queue, the exit crossed over the line queue. Does that still happen, or did they update that part of it as well? Uh, which was that? Say it again. You know, when you're waiting in line, you're coming around the, the little mountain there, and then once you finally get up to kind of where the main queue is of the ride, there's that little thing. Oh, exit. okay, yeah, for Matterhorn. It's Matterhorn. They, yeah. They've changed. Yeah, they kind of changed how it is. So the main queue. They still have wrapping around the backside of the mountain. Uh, with the fast pass line, which is now it's a triple threat in that it's not, it's fast pass, it's single riders when they're running, and then you also have uh, re-ads and, dis- and disability uh, program okay. all goes to, through the same entrance. And uh, for that one, you're actually going in uh, right behind the north footprint of the Abominable Snowman. Um, and so they uh, will scan your uh, tickets right there, and then you uh, go through. And uh, if you're doing a single rider, they'll have you hook the U-turn to uh, go through one little way that puts you right into the uh, center. 
so that they can send you in either direction. Or if you're doing fast pass and returns, uh, you go up around the horn towards almost to the monorail truck where you would exit the Fantasyland side of the Matterhorn, and then you uh, hook a U-turn, and they've uh, built a nice little, uh, what looks like a chalet roof, and that's where they put the new digital fast pass check-ins are right there. Uh, so you go through there, and then you walk up to the center to then be uh, diverted to um, the left or right side. Okay. So does the uh, does the line still cross over the exit? People exiting though, or no? Uh, when you're okay, yeah. On uh, the Tomorrowland side, yes, you yeah. still have to, yeah, because it's always going to be that way. <laughs> um, since because of having all the parades, they no longer. I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, it used to be you had two separate lines. You either got in line uh, for the Fantasyland side that would go down towards the uh, Royal restrooms, yes. or you went into the Tomorrowland side that went around past the submarines. And uh, then because of all the uh, parade traffic, and they would always have to converge the two lines or just shut one side down. Um, so then they just start running everything through the one side. And that's why it's just one long line that wraps all the way around behind the mountain. And uh, then once you get up to the front chalet, then you uh, divert or choose uh, if you want to go to the left side or right side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just figured they might have updated that, but I mean... Yeah. No, there really isn't any way to do that. I mean, unless they were to uh, have some way to feed the exit out across the way, you know, or they built a bridge. So without having to create a bridge, that's the only way that you're going to be able to do it is in order to cross through the, uh, the queue line. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So yeah, don't change it, Disney. <laughs> then again, you know, if you think about it, uh, Matterhorn's not the only one. Uh, I'm standing over here by Small World, and then remind me of that. Even Small World, uh, when you exit, um, you're going to uh, cross through the uh, lines uh, right there. Got a little noise. Here comes your train again. Ward Kimball, Engine 5, coming by. Nice. Heard a little bit. Um, another question we have on uh, Instagram from Michelle Flores. Um, what is your favorite Disney treat? Favorite Disney treat? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, ice cream. <laughs> all right. Um, you know, I, I love I, I love all the stuff. Yeah, the churros, uh, you know, the um, Dole Whips or floats. Uh, but ice cream is one of the things I will get more often than others. And even that, I mix up what and where I get um, you know, it might be one of the cookie sandwiches or an Olaf bar from the cart. Uh, it might be going to Gibson Girl and uh, getting, you know, a waffle cone or a sundae. Um, you know, or something. You know, I also enjoy going off the menu and going over to um, the um, Golden Horseshoe and getting the ice cream nachos. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've actually yeah. never had the ice cream nachos before, so that's... The ice cream nachos are only about three years or almost four years old now. They were started as a specialty item during one of the uh, Mickey's Halloween party events. Okay. Uh, about about three years and three, four years ago. And uh, they did so well, so many people liked them, that they kept them available off the menu as a hidden item. So if you knew, you could ask for them. And uh, what it is is they take one of the waffle bowls and they crush it up into pieces to make your nachos. And then they uh, cover that with three to four scoops of ice cream. Um, 
you know, usually just like a Neapolitan mixture, uh, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry sort of thing. Um, and then uh, they will put hot fudge with cream and cherries over the top of that. Um, now, even though it's, you know, three scoops or so, uh, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. It's actually a pretty good-sized treat because they make bigger than a normal scoop uh, usually. Yeah. And uh, it, it only costs about Five fifty, six fifty. So it's a cheap Sunday, yeah, but it's big enough. The way that it is, I mean, you can actually share it with your friends or family, and everybody would be happy with it. It's not like you know, if you just get, you know, a fireman Sunday from Gibson's World, then you know, yeah, it's two scoops, and I'm gonna eat it all up myself. <laughs> right. Usually, you know, on the others, it's something with the nachos. It's something you can share. Um, so that's always kind of nice to sit in there and have that. Uh, but then, you know, if I go over to California Adventure, I, ma- I mix it up, too. Um, a lot of times I'll go over to uh, the Paradise Pier um, Ice Cream Company and get a soft serve cone. Um, you know, so it's nice to mix it up and get the soft serves. Or I just recently went back to Clarabelle's at Toontown, and they have the soft serve, and uh, you can get sprinkles of chocolate chips back there with it. Um, or going over to Clarabelle's um, on Buena Vista Street in California Adventure, and getting one of the uh, dipped cones, or not dipped cones, but the uh, dipped ice cream bars. Um, or, of course, going over to uh, the Pacific Wharf area to enjoy some Ghirardelli's oh, yeah. uh, hot fudge sundaes <laughs> yeah. or um, one of their other uh, creations. I mean, I've even been able, luckily, uh, once one of my buddies and I uh, cleared off the dish of an earthquake in about 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then also Michelle Flores says my uh, most memorable moment on the Matterhorn um, as a kid I was terrified of Harold whenever my bobsled or skyway bucket would pass him um, I would get as low as I could <laughs> in my seat so I could so he could not get me lol <laughs> yeah that's one of those things that's kind of fun you know I mean now with me being you know almost as big as Harold it's kind of fun I like to go by <laughs> and kind of roar and reach out back at him you know like i'm gonna come get you kind of thing uh but yeah i could see you know as a kid uh you know when you're a lot smaller you know that he could be scary as you come flying past when he's roaring at you um you know and yeah i, I always loved on when the, we had the sky cabs and you could look down at him as he was roaring at the uh sled going past him that was always a fun thing i loved doing yeah. <laughs> well um, yeah he has one now one of his own. Now, yeah, definitely. Now, I think for me, uh, my memorable experience on the Matterhorn uh, is actually something that most wouldn't think of because um, it's a little backwards thinking. Uh, most people want to get on the rides, enjoy the whole ride, and get off to go into the next ride, and that's when the memories are done. Whereas being there is often, you know, or even uh, I know other uh, path holders and other uh, park goers, uh, you know, trying to learn a little bit more about the magic that makes these different attractions and stuff. And a few years back, I got I got lucky, I guess you could say, that three days in a row, I had uh, the Matterhorn uh, go one-on-one or go down on me, and I was in different locations. And it, was, it made into a kind of a funny joke, but it's also been a memorable one, because the first time I was at the... Uh, the uh, Peminence Sentados uh, corner just before you get off. The second day, I was up just above the uh, falls into the uh, puddle at the very end. And uh, so they had to push the car and you know, push the sled in order to get us down through, uh, oh, the, nice. uh, through the splash zone. 
And then the third day in a row that I went on it, <laughs> um, we actually got stopped up near the top where, if you remember, the climbing gear that used to hang there. Um, and so at that point, after we were there for a little while, we had a couple of the cast members come joke around and hang out with us. Because what we were stopped was actually in between uh, two of the breaking points. They had to have the uh, fire uh, fire team come up and just say, yeah, they're safe. Go ahead and um, evacuate them. And so then we actually got to go down the staircase through the middle of the mountain. And they're like, no pictures, no pictures. I'm like, and that one was totally fine. I put my phone down and went down. And, you know, just the experience of getting to be inside of the mountain where not many people get to go. Oh, yeah. Was was really cool for me as a neat experience, you know, and I think that's one of the things, you know. And so as soon as I got down and I got out, I was able to have one of the cast members take a picture of me standing there in the doorway with the door open, but so that you couldn't see anything inside. And so just knowing, you know, yeah, I know exactly where that was taken, and that's where I was standing because I evacuated the attraction right there. That kind of made a memorable experience for me. Um, you know, if I was able to actually go up to the basketball uh, court or have a personal meet and greet with Harold, you know, or even to get to go up to the top of the mountain, that would be, you know, those would be the top locations that I would love to have experience um, if I would have that chance. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, even like you said, even what you what you did was awesome. And putting your phone away is you get to absorb it yourself and kind of keep that magic or that secret to yourself almost or you and the other people that are walking off the attraction exactly exactly you know so that was kind of fun i mean because i was there and i got to experience it and you know i've talked about it and such where and taking the pictures i exited you know and then i even had pictures uh, that are in my posts of uh joking around with the cast members while we were stopped waiting for the fire team um, so, you know, I've got all those memories from both sides of it. It was just the uh, climb down that I didn't get imagery of. But, you know, I know what it was like and what I got to see. And that's why I don't just say it out because I know not everybody wants to know what makes the magic side of things. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's actually one of the reasons, like, for myself, when I'm posting pictures to Instagram and Facebook or videos and things, um, when... There's new shows. A parade is one thing. Um, you know, I may share more of that. But like Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, when that opened up, I showed stuff from the queue or from inside, but I did not post an entire ride video. You know, not only one because you're not supposed to, but also I don't do stuff like that because I like to be able to leave that magic for others to enjoy for a while before you just blast it out there and say, hey, guys, sorry, but here's everything. I guess you don't have to go now. <laughs> you know, I want you to be able to enjoy it so we can all share in the memories and the magic. And so that's why, you know, I hold off on doing that. Or I'll have fun. And, you know, I just recently I did a where am I type shot um, that I actually had to go back two weeks later to post a reveal video because nobody could figure out wow. where I had taken the picture. <laughs> and that actually shocked me um, a bit because, I mean, there's a lot of, I've got cast members and I've got, you know, other guests that come often and everything. And I thought somebody's going to get this. I mean, I've had some that took, you know, a couple hours or maybe a day to get the answer. 
But this one, I waited, you know, because of having to go through the press and everything of my day 2000 count, I kept getting delayed. And so I went back to do it. It was like two weeks later. And to that point, no one had guessed where the picture was from. So that was kind of cool that I was able to find details like that. Nice. That's awesome. So next time you do that, I'll, I'll try and play along as well. But <laughs> you said you, you got stuck near the little uh, announcement, the Permanent Ser Sendados. Um, did you like the, the intro of our of our show then? Because I've always liked that little uh, thing that they've played, the Remain Seated, Please. Um, so that's why we I put it in the intro of our show. Yeah, definitely. You know, and like the, the little intros and stuff they do are always fun. In fact, I'm listening currently to one of my favorite intros. The Main Street Electrical Parade is starting, and since I'm down here by Small World, they're just coming out of the uh, the back lot onto onto the stage, and so they just played that intro uh, for the Main Street Electrical Parade. That is one of the things I've mm. always loved. And yeah, I even spent the hundred dollars to come to the premiere back on January nineteenth, and loved it, getting to take pictures right up next to Elliot and the bugs and everything. And I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times, even since January, I've even watched the various uh, parts. Um, you know, it's one of the things I still love. Uh, and I, you know, growing up, I mean, I remember we used to go to Carnation Cafe. To sit down and have you know a hot fudge banana split Sunday and watch the parade go by while we're sitting there eating our ice cream, you know, and, and so I have those kind of memories with my friends and my family, and so when this kicks back up, that's exactly what it does. It stirs those memories along with you know knowing that I'm creating new ones all the time. I mean. You know, a week ago, I was over uh, in the Dog Run area where the uh, Topiary uh, Sea Dragon is on the other side of the Small World, getting to watch uh, the parade while Inside Edition was here filming us. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I actually posted a picture just after the parade was over of me kissing the nose of the Sea Dragon because <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> that's something that no one ever does. You know, and it showed exactly where I am. If you know where the Sea Dragon is, then you know where I was standing to watch the parade and I thought that that was something very cool and very special and a really neat memory um, you know I think one of my uh, favorite uh, floats in here besides Elliot is one of the turtles because he has glasses and a hat you know, and to me he kind of you know he looks like a turtle version for me wearing my hat here at the park and having my glasses on so I always love watching those guys come by you know spinning around the, uh, the tabletop spins and the little squeaks and squirrels they do as they're talking to you. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we do have one more question here on Instagram um, from Carissa Houston. Um, she asked, don't you ever get sick? And then she says, amazing run. Um, I have been lucky. Uh, one, I do have a pretty healthy immune system. But uh, I also say, you know, that uh, the pixie dust takes good care of me go. uh, here at the park. Um, you know, I mean, I've been coming through that whole measles scare and everything else without having any issues from yeah. it. Um, you know, I've been sick a couple of days here or there, you know, usually just like a sore throat or something. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've been lucky where I haven't gotten flu and everything else like that. Uh, and so that's why I've been able to keep coming out you know, every day. That's that's awesome. Um, she also says, um, oddly enough, she says uh, one of her favorite moments. She says uh, she loves when the rides 
uh, when the Matterhorn breaks down, she said uh, her daughter and her got to walk off the Matterhorn and go through the interior a few years ago. Um, they had all kinds of junk stored down there, and the cast member kept telling uh, them to follow her, follow the cast member, but they were just trying to take it all in. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was describing to you guys a little bit ago. Is, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, like I said, most people just think about coming to a theme park and riding the rides and moving on to the next ride. Right. Um, and so if you if it does unfortunately go down on you, there's a lot of cool stuff to see if you take the time to keep your head moving and looking around. I mean, even when they were soft testing uh, Alice in Wonderland after they brought it back up a, a couple years ago, you know, and I, on the first day it came up, I was, you know, my girlfriend and I were up by uh, Cheshire Cat as it went and went down. So we got walked out past the Queen of Hearts and everything. And it's like, okay, this is kind of cool to actually get to see all this anima- and all the animatronics and get to go behind the scenes where they worked on the uh, Caterpillar vehicles and everything. That was very cool. I know we mentioned a few episodes ago, what would it be like to walk off of Pirates? And I think the very next day, we saw a news story about people walking, having to walk off of Pirates. Something happened with it. Um, but that's... Yeah, it, it does happen on occasion. Um, I've heard from some friends that have had it happen. Uh, normally, what happens is they will, the cast members will put on, like, fishing waders to, uh, you know, if you're in a location like say in the jail scene where you, you're in between close uh, quarters, then they can go ahead and escort you out of the boat and then they'll take you down uh, you know, one of the back, backstage steps to get out. But if you're in, say, one of the, uh, like the scene of the uh, battle between mm-hmm. uh, the boat <laughs> and the fort, then uh, one of the cast members would have to put fishing waders on to then uh, kind of give the boat a push. Uh, up to where you get near, say, the village scene wow. where um, where, where uh, Johnny Depp was in order to get you out of the boat and then take you uh, down from what I've been told. But, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been lucky enough. That's uh, Pirates and Haunted Mansion are two that I, at some point I would like to have that experience. Oh, yeah. Um, to be able to see. Um, I've been escorted out of uh, Indiana Jones a few times, you know, and then I mentioned Matterhorn. You know, and just I mean, some of the smaller ones, uh, you know, Peter Pan, I was over the bo- over the pirate boat uh, where Peter and uh, Hook are battling uh, when it went down. And then they just, uh, as they got it and started to bring it back up, they just, uh, one, one vehicle at a time would push us around. Um, so it's not like I got uh, escorted down a ladder or anything. They actually get you moving all the way back to the exit point. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I- each one has its own way of handling that situation. Yeah, I've had it on Indiana Jones. It was actually, it was like you said, a lot of stuff was stored down there, and it's a different experience. We actually had to have the, the stairs come out and climb out of the first for safety. I mean, we can all jump out, but they want to be as safe as possible. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing, like when I went down um, years ago on Indiana Jones for the first time, the thing that really surprised me was how much detail they put into it. And what I mean is, I was uh, just across the bridge going into uh, Fluffy's uh, snake room and um, we were right there at that pillar that you uh, do the uh, left hand turnaround and when the, when the lights came up to see just how many snakes were climbing on that pole 
You know, I mean, that's one of those things that it's a dark room when it's writing. You don't see any of that. So you wouldn't think anything of it. But then, to, you know, to see when the lights came up, just how much detail they put in, knowing, yeah, Indy hates snakes. And this place <laughs> is loaded with them. Have you ever been on uh, Space Mountain and the lights go on? Um, I actually wrote it years ago uh, when they, uh, the whole summer they had the lights on when they were playing it with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers music instead of the traditional music. Um, so I have been in there when the lights have been on. And um, I didn't find it as much fun that season. Um, you know, I thought that that's one that, you know, it's a, it's a blackout coaster. I like having it black. I mean, I've written it enough that I've got the entire coaster memorized. Um, so I can close my eyes and take a two and a half minute nap or I can, uh, you know, stay wide awake and watch for any flying cookies or anything else that might be in there. Um, you know, and I still have fun with it either way. Um, but yeah, for me, especially being a big guy, it reminded me, keep your hands down because you're not too far from anything above you. Yeah, that, that's what I've always read. And there's obviously videos out there you can see. But I honestly, when I put my hands up, I don't ever have, like, when, I'm, when, I, when I can't see it. If yeah. I could see it, maybe. I put my hands up, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's go time. But no, it, I, it's never happened. I've never gotten hurt on that ride or anything like that. So, so. Yeah, and I've even had times where, um, depending on where I sit in the train over on Big Thunder, I've been able to brush my fingertips on the top of the tunnel at lift five before you do the, uh, the last climb. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you really got to watch, uh, you know, because some of them are closer than other places. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the trees over there, too, you can brush along, too. So I do that on purpose sometimes. That one you can definitely hit. <laughs> um, but you're able to see it, though. Like if it was dark and you couldn't see it, that might get a little dangerous. I don't know. Yeah. But, do you have any other questions, sir? I do not have any more questions for you. Do you have any other? Uh, I don't have any other questions. Do you have any other? Any, you have any questions for us at all, or any tips for other people going to the parks? You know, uh, the two main tips uh, that I've really come up with that uh, when I asked is one: when you're planning a trip, make sure to pack a good dose of your patience. You know, especially right now with the hot weather. Um, you know, it's summertime. You got everyone on vacation. We got visitors from around the world here enjoying the parks. And when the heat and temperature starts flaring, flaring soaking the attitudes and tempers, remember you're here to have a good time, you know. And if you need to go, grab one of the free cups of ice water and have a seat to just relax a bit, you know, and cool off, you know, or, or go off and do something else, you know. And then the other thing you want to remember is I always find it uh, best to bring some kind of external battery source. Uh, the way we use our phones, and cameras, you know, taking pictures, sharing the memories with everybody. Uh, it's easy to burn our batteries, you know, and if you're needing to get a hold of your friends or family later on, you know, do you want to have to stop for a couple hours to put your phone in one of the charging lockers? Or would you rather be able to keep going and just put it in your purse or backpack uh, while you're uh, continuing to have more fun, you know, and maybe miss a ride or two? Uh, while it's charging, or, you know, like myself, I've got a 26,800 milliamp battery, so it runs me for a couple days, and I just have a longer cable on it. Nice. Yeah. I'm sick because, like, most of the phones being made these days don't have the backs that come off where you can just right. change the battery when it dies. Or, you, know, you buy an extra battery, charge that, and it's, no, 
but yeah, the the little charger. Yeah, we have one of those too. We we take uh, when we go. So. Yeah. And if you know, now if you, if you don't want to bring one, they actually are selling uh, replaceable rechargeable batteries here at the park. Um, they have kiosks, and I believe they sell for thirty dollars. Um, and they have multiple locations around the resorts, both uh, in both parks and downtown Disney, um, where you can actually, once you've made the purchase of the battery, you can actually swap it out as many times as you want for free. And so that makes it nice because when you come on your next trip, you could pick one up and then take it with you when you go home and you can use it and keep recharging it yourself. But then when you come back, you can always keep re- replacing it and swapping it out with fresh batteries the whole time when you're here, too. That's so awesome. that's, that's always another option. Wow. Nice. All right. Um, forget, I, I, I had another question. I had something else I was going to say, but I, I – def- oh, yeah, I was going to say uh, – but if you're not trying to get a hold of your friends or trying to post at that moment, I did – there was a tip shared with us if you go into airplane mode – your phone's not always searching for a signal when you're in those inside rides. Saves your battery a little bit, but if you have a, a, an external charging source, I guess that doesn't really matter. So, Yeah, it, it can help some, you know, because, like, for myself, um, very rarely, like, oh, okay, when I went up to Hollywood and I was on the blue carpet for the Pirates of the Caribbean premiere, then I put it on airplane mode because I, I wanted to make sure I didn't get interrupted when I was shooting pictures of video. But, you know, a lot of times, like, if I'm here around the park, I want to be able to, you know, one, if my parents need to get a hold of me for something going on, or, you know, wanting to be stay connected with social media and such, for me, it's easier just to stay plugged in versus, you know, because if you go on airplane mode, you're going to lose all connections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I don't like doing that. But uh, the other reason, the other thing is, is... Uh, you know, the official design app is one of the things I love using. Uh, and now they've made it so nice where not only can you see and download your uh, your pictures um, that you have from PhotoPass and the attractions, but you can also make your dining reservations, purchase your tickets and everything. And then on the attraction side, not only can you see what the wait time is, but if it's an attraction with fast passes, it will actually tell you what time the return time is on those passes if you go over to get one right now. So I, I think that that's made it really cool and something that's very handy. Even, you know, if you're up north or not even in the park and you're just planning a trip, you can kind of watch the times and see how things are going. Nice. Yeah, technology has gotten us yeah, come a long way. I mean. Yeah, totally. Definitely. <laughs> even the past two years. Yeah. I mean, I this app is pretty new. But. So we're at time even before FastPass, you know. Yeah. When I first heard about it, I was like, what is this FastPass? And then it's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Plus yeah, I mean, you know, talking about technology, as of this past Sunday, the 9th, they no longer are giving hand stamps at the gates when you leave. Uh, now every park ticket uh, and annual pass, now when you come in for the first time using that ticket, be it a one-day ticket, five-day ticket, or annual pass, the first day you use it, you're now going to have your picture taken with one of the iPods at the gates. And so every ticket will now have a photograph uh, connected to it so they're no longer using hand stamps. You know, and then shortly, uh, once they get things settled out, we're going to be getting rid of the paper fast passes because even right now, that paper fast pass is no longer used to claim your time, which on the downside means you can't turn around and share the magic and pass it on to someone else. But it also means you don't have to worry about losing that paper ticket. It's your 
park ticket you have to hold on to because that park ticket or your annual pass is what you use to scan in to claim your times on the uh, on the various attractions. Right. Yeah, and we had that happen to us a couple of years ago when uh, Big Thunder uh, shut down due to, I think they, they said lightning, and we had just gotten on, so they issued, we, and we used a fast pass to get on that, so they issued us fast passes digitally on one of our friend's tickets, so four fast passes on his one ticket that would accommodate the four of us for any other attraction we wanted to go on. So they've already got yeah, that uh, technology. I just don't think they've rolled that fully. Yeah, the digital re-ads. Uh, yeah, the, those can be nice. And, you know, it makes it nice because you don't have to worry about losing stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But my, my thing is I like the fast passes. Like, my one of my recent trips, I didn't get to go on Indiana Jones because it kept closing down. You know, and I, I mm. tempted three times, and that's my max. So after three times, I'm like, okay, I'm just probably not going to ride it today. So I have some Indiana mm. Jones fast passes as souvenirs now. So I have Tower of Terror ones too. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's one of the pluses right now is because that is only used as a reminder for yourself, kind of like getting a reminder uh, card when you leave the dentist of your next appointment. <laughs> uh, now, when you go, you've got your fast pass for Indiana Jones, you go and claim your time and ride the attraction. That fast pass is actually yours as a souvenir now to keep. So we're, we're, a lot of times we always wanted those fast passes just as a ticket reminder, you know, dated a date timestamp reminder that you were there that day. Yeah. Now, you, for, at this point, until they cut them off, you get to keep that reminder of all the fast pass attractions you went on. Nice. Okay. That's, that's awesome. actually cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, before we get out here, do you have anything else for us or anything else about the Matterhorn that you want to share? Or? You know, uh, I think the Matterhorn is always going to be a fun one. Um, you know, and definitely, you know, if you haven't tried it yet, try it out and try my trick that I suggested. Lean into it instead of sitting back. You might actually find it to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, also, if you haven't been on it in years, they did put thicker padding in the seats to where um, you sit up a little higher, but it's also more cushioned so that you don't feel as many of the bumps as what you used to when they first started using the single seats. Um, so I think that can make a difference for people also. Yeah, I definitely like the tip about leaning into it because I want to try it. Oh, I want to try it now, too. Yeah. Even if I'm the only <laughs> one doing it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. But, yeah, no, it's, I think, you know, everyone, that's one of, one of the pieces of magic about Disney is there's so many different ways to enjoy the magic of the park, be it, you know, hitting all the attractions as a coaster junkie or, you know, if you're into music, you know, you'd be it swing dancing or the DJs or the rock or, you know, if you like to Disney bound and dress up as those different characters, you know, there's so many different ways to share and enjoy the magic that it's not limited to just one person. I think that's part of the reason why, you know, me hitting 2000 days of coming here has become a worldwide um, news, uh, news uh, piece of news is because uh, it is something that's loved and adored by people around the world. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I definitely Absolutely. saw the international, you know, sensation that you've become. It's uh, that's awesome, you know, and and for doing something that you just love to do every day. So even better, I think that's a bonus. Yeah, and I've been lucky, and you know, the fact that I, I've always enjoyed photography, so I enjoy sharing it with others. 
you know, and if anyone wants to follow along, I mean, Instagram, you can find me at Disney366 underscore. Uh, on Facebook, uh, I go by, uh, you can also use that. So if you're on Instagram, I have the link in my profile. Otherwise, the address to my Facebook page is Disneyland.com, sorry, Facebook.com slash Disneyland366, all one word. Or you can find me on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, WordPress, uh, you know, using Disney366. That's my tag. <laughs> um, so uh, that's what I've been using. It was given to me by a food blogger back uh, as a suggestion back in uh, 2012 uh, during the uh, soft opening of Matt Tea Party, and I've been using it ever since. Awesome. Nice. Yes, that's awesome. 366 Leap Year. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll post those uh, on Facebook and on Instagram too. Your uh, We'll tag you in them so people could just like click the links and go follow you, like like your uh, Facebook page and all that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that one, if, if anyone has any other questions or anything, I, I try and answer questions. You know, I, I you know I respond to PMs on my Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, you know, as much as I can, I try and help people out. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And we, like I said in the beginning, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and uh, being on our show and all oh. that. And, and like I said, I know you're probably super swamped with uh, other interviews and stuff. And it's just, it's been great, man. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a lot of fun. You have a magical evening. You too, man. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. It sounded like we cut him off no, just now. Not. It sounded yeah, like it. People are going to hear that. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, that was awesome. We had Jeff Wrights on the show. Um, I'm kind of like blown away a little bit. You know, it's just like just listening to him talk and his attitude. It was just like. Even when he know, answered it's, it's the just phone. great. Yeah. When he answered the phone, it was just like super. The pixie dust definitely has hit this guy. And it's awesome. Um, so <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Like immediately just like with. Up, upbeat attitude and it's just and I ah, love that we caught awesome. him at the park you know yeah. he wasn't you know gone already I or, had a feeling because you know. he obviously goes every day right that we would possibly catch him while he's at the park I mean especially after work and all that I mean um, I, I, I definitely had that feeling only because of that other than that I wouldn't have thought of anything about that and so. we didn't even really need to use our imagination very much because he was giving us updates on what was going on and yeah. you know that was that was great yeah two, 2020 days um and counting. And counting. And um, so, yeah. All right. And counting. So, <laughs> I was going to say and counting in Orange County, but I was like, don't say that. Just say counting again. And oddly enough, too, I was actually there on Leap Day. I know, yeah. In 2012, which was, you know. So, we've, we've been day several days alongside him and not even known it. It's awesome. Not even known. I mean, uh, I've probably seen him before. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? I'm sure we have. Who knows? But, uh, uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked out that Disneyland Inside Out app, again, check it out. Comment on our episode on the discussion board section. Check out that news section, as we talked about on the Eye on the Globe section in the intro. Also, check out the MagicalPartnersTravel.com. Tell them all aboard sent you. Get that Eye on the Price guarantee. Eye on the Globe guarantee. I'm just joking. <laughs> Spin off of that. All right, guys. Uh, in two weeks, I actually do. We are prepared. I'm prepared. I uh, We have a guest. His name is going to be... I'm not going to tell you, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you. His name is Jared. He, as you guys know, Space Mountaineer, or whatever the attraction's called right now, uh, and I... Space. That's what we agree Space. <laughs> you know we're big Vinylmation fans, and that started out at the parks, Disneyland and, I believe, Disney World, or maybe it was all the parks. I don't know. But I know at least those two, and I know for a fact, if no other park than Disneyland itself... 
um, back in 2008. And ever since then, we've been big fans of the Vinylmation collect. What do they call it? Collection? Vinylmation creation, I guess. Sure. Um, This guy, Jared, takes it to a different level. We're going to talk to him. And yes, it is still Disneyland related. Um, he creates his own, and he's not one of the Disney artists who has created these ones. And these ones are like the um, pr- produced ones, I guess you want to call them. They these are on mass- another level. These are on another level, and we'll go over those. Uh, so I'm gonna leave it at that because it's amazing. But uh, yeah, until two weeks, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we do thank Jeff one more time. And like I said, we will be posting his links um, on our Facebook and Instagram so you guys can go follow him, check out what he's doing every day, and um, yeah, as his journey continues. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and have a great week. Two weeks, sorry. Have a great two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, bye. Switch on the sky and the stars glow for you.